0: If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just wanna talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. This Sunday, I I hope that you remember to bring your first response card from our 2024 Ministry Investment Plan Next Steps campaign. That should have gotten to you in the mail maybe a week ago, maybe in the middle of last week. If you didn't get one, it's okay. Don't worry. We've got extras up in the narthex on the big table under the mirror. Uh, make sure you get one before you go today. But this year's a little different. We've got four response cards. And if you forgot yours today, you can bring it next week. It's okay. We're, we're respo- responding to God's call on our lives. Next Steps in actually five critical areas of discipleship, of following Jesus on purpose. And so I hope you've had some time this week to think about the first one, which is about belonging. We believe that growing as a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ includes finding a meaningful place to belong, so that we can grow together as followers of Jesus. It might be a Sunday school class, a life group, a Bible study, the praise band, a choir. It might be a host of different things, but the purpose is that we belong together in a small group so that we can intentionally grow as followers of Jesus Christ. The card that we turn in today has a few choices for different ways to take next steps in the arena of belonging or finding a place to belong. In just a moment, we'll have a chance to bring those up and leave them at the chance rail, at the communion rail, and we'll have a prayer for our next steps together. Next Sunday, uh, if you didn't bring one this week, you can bring this one and next Sunday's, which is about serving. That's one of the intentional, uh, one of the markers of intentional Christian discipleship is serving in the name of Jesus. Hopefully, again, you'll have this week to think and pray about how to respond to those next step opportunities, and you'll be able to bring that card uh, back, back with you also next Sunday uh, during the Sunday school time we're going to have a state of the church address it'll be in this room so we can have our screens and we'll uh, talk a little bit about our church where we are all the things that God is doing we're going to do a lot of celebrating because there's so much to celebrate about God's work in the life of this community of faith we'll talk about uh, lots of questions that people have how we're doing with uh, covenant membership and finances and all those sorts of things it'll be a great time just to come you can get some fellowship time, coffee, breakfast, come in here, and we'll have the Sunday school hour to talk about the state of the church and to explore what God is doing in the life of First United Methodist Church. I hope you'll join us for that. Are y'all hearing okay? Okay, good. It's just, it's just me. I can't hear. <laughs> Let's hear Luke chapter 17. We're beginning in the 11th verse through the 19th Verse. Let's hear the word of God. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They were supposed to be saying, unclean, unclean, stay away, (laughs) stay away. Instead, they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, "'Go and show yourselves to the priests.' "'And as they went, they were made clean.' "'Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, "'turned back, praising God with a loud voice. "'He prostrated himself or fell out at Jesus' feet "'and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. "'Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? "'But the other nine, where are they? "'Was none of them found to return?' And give praise to God except this foreigner? Then Jesus said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. In the Greek, your faith has saved you. The word of God for the people of God. And so we say, thanks be to God. Luke Luke is a physician, we know. Luke, the physician, captures Jesus' interaction with these lepers with vivid detail. Leprosy was and still is a life-changing, serious, usually deadly disease. Not always deadly anymore, but it was back then. Lepers were... Put out into leper colonies, out on the edge of town, in fact out on the edge of the known world, really, as much as they could be. Folks didn't know much about leprosy. All they knew is we gotta get these people out of here before this stuff spreads to the rest of us. Let's get rid of these folks. And so that's that's what they did. That's where they lived in a kind of a quarantine community. How well we remember the height of the COVID days. Does anybody remember the height of the COVID day? We had our own kind of exclusion and quarantine back then. Shannon, my wife, had COVID three different times. I had to keep the children away from her for two weeks at a time, each time it happened. And y'all know you had it in your own homes. It was so terrible to have one person in the house with COVID. Some families said, let's just all get it and get this over with. That might have been a better plan. I don't know. We tried to keep everybody else from getting it. And so Shannon was quarantined to the bedroom and the bathroom on that side of the house. And then I had Annabelle and TJ over here. We just tried to keep them separate. Oh, my goodness. For 14 days, Annabelle just went over and just flung herself at the door. Mommy, 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 just just writhing on the ground. I said, Annabelle, she's right, she's fine, but no, you cannot get in there and see her. It was just awful. Oh, it was terrible. Shannon, poor Shannon, she couldn't come out. She couldn't go out of the house. If she came out of the bedroom, we had to go in another part of the house, and then I would get Lysol and just (laughs) spray everything in the house. A few times, I may have even sprayed Shannon with Lysol as she slept in the hopes that it would do something, do something. It still took 14 days, 14 days each time. It was the best we knew to do, but it was just 14 days. Can you imagine a leper? The rest of your life, until you die, you're in quarantine from the rest of the world. The only people you can see are other lepers who are just as sick, if not more, than you are. Can you imagine? Is it any wonder that these ten lepers heard about Jesus, the healer, coming near their exclusive colony. They, they went up to the road. They stood up by the road, as close as they could get, but still far enough away to not get in trouble. They shouted, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They didn't have to get into specifics. Jesus knew exactly what to do. Now, nine of these ten lepers would have been Jewish people, and therefore more responsible to have a a proper and faithful response to their healing in other words these hebrew nine knew better about being grateful but they didn't do better did they it's that's the trouble that we often have we know better but we don't do better does anybody else have that trouble i I have that trouble every day But well, let's don't pile on them too bad. They've been through a lot of stuff, you know. You got parts of your body falling off. You you're hurting all the time. You're disfigured and grotesque. You've been ostracized from your community because everybody assumes that you have committed some grievous sin that has brought this judgment of God down on you. It is your punishment which you deserve. No wonder you're in this situation. I, I'm sure. I'm sure that these folks weren't thinking clearly, and I'm sure also that Jesus had some measure of compassion and understanding for them. Uh, They have, as Jesus said, they have run off to the priests to be pronounced clean, whole, and forgiven. For these Hebrew 9 they're going to get to return to the fullness of life in their community once the priest sees them they can go back to work back to family and friends back to church Uh, they just probably got too excited about all of that on their way to the priest maybe they'll write jesus a thank you note later i bet that's what they intend to do they just kept forgetting to write jesus a thank you note i'm sure they didn't mean to be ungrateful but in this situation with this kind of healing is there really any kind of need? Neutral gratitude. Is there? Can you have neutral gratitude when you've been healed like this? You're either, the truth is, you're either grateful, and you show it, or you're not, and you blow it. You're grateful, and you show it, or you're not, and you blow it. Can you say that with me? You're grateful, and you show it, or you're not, and you blow it. Say it again. You're grateful, and you show it, or you're not, and you blow it. Feel free to use that with your children It's not very effective, but you can use it anyway. (laughs) I'm I'm actually, truth be told, I'm kind of like these Hebrew nine. I'm way more like them than I am the Samaritan. I've always been in the church. I didn't really wander off in college. I pray. I read my Bible every day. I give. I serve. I'm a preacher, for goodness sake. Sometimes for people like us... It is tempting to just be about our religious work, our religious obligations without taking the time to recognize the profound gift of healing and wholeness Jesus has given to all of us. We can, if we're not careful, approach life with an ambivalence toward Jesus. Do you know what I mean, an ambivalence toward Jesus? We've always known him. I have never not known that Jesus loves me. It's the first song I ever learned. My mama taught me the Lord's Prayer as soon as I could speak. I've been saying the thing two or three times a day for 42 years. I have such a wonderful familiarity with Jesus. I'm not surprised that Jesus healed the Hebrew 9. Of course he healed him. It's what he does. I'm not ever surprised. But I'm also not always grateful. I'm not. You're grateful, and you show it, or you're not, and you blow it. Ambivalence can settle in on us like a gray winter sky. You can't see the sun, even though it's daytime. You know it's there, but you can't see it. When it gets this way, you button your coat up, you pull your hood around tight, you tuck your head down, and you just walk quickly from place to place, rushing through life, failing to notice How differently we start to act after just a few days, missing the beauty of the sunlight. Jesus reminds us to be grateful. Jesus also teaches us about the twice-excluded person. The Hebrew nine were cut off from their community because of a perceived divine judgment against them. But this Samaritan fellow, why, he is twice cut off. Not only does he endure the exclusion of being a leper, he's also a Samaritan. He's a less than a nobody. His whole religious world has said he is unworthy of the love of God. So what if he gets healed? What does he have to go back to except this soul-crushing existence as a, a less than? We don't expect anything from this Samaritan. He is a throwaway person. That's what he is, a throwaway person. We don't expect anything from him. And yet, he's the one from whom we are invited to learn. He's the one who comes back to fall at Jesus' feet in worship, to praise and thank God that he's been made whole. We learn from him about how to be thankful. And we learn from Jesus that there actually are no throwaway people. The Hebrew 9 missed a profound opportunity here. It did not cost them their healing. It did not keep them from returning to life as they knew before, but they did miss something. There's a wonderful little nugget hidden away here in the Greek. All ten of these were cleansed from their disease. That's what it says right there at the beginning of this story. Uh, but, but only one was saved and made whole. There is a link, you see, between our gratitude for the work of Jesus and this movement from just being forgiven from sin to experiencing the fullness of salvation, being made whole. The Hebrew 9 missed the wholeness of the salvation Jesus wants to share with all of us. All 10 of these lepers cry out in the name of Jesus. They believe he can do something. They know how to ask. They know how to pray. They know how to follow instructions. But this Samaritan, the throwaway person, he, he gets doubly blessed when he falls at Jesus' feet to say, thank you, thank you. You're either grateful and you show it or you're not and you blow it. Jesus says, get up, go on your way. Your faith has made you whole. The other nine just got cleansed from their disease. This one who's supposed to be outside of God's love is saved and made whole. What is different about his faith? I think it is faith working itself out in a depth of gratitude which recognizes the precious gift Jesus has given to the whole world It makes me think, how can our whole lives be an expression of this kind of gratitude, which starts every day on our faces at the feet of Jesus, overwhelmed at the gift of new life in Jesus Christ that we've all been given? It makes me think, how can every moment of every day be a thank you, a thank you to God? How do I do that when I'm standing in line at the Walmart? (laughs) What about in the car rider line at school? What about when you're dealing with that troublesome customer or boss or employee? (laughs) Maybe we just say, thank you, God, that I'm not like this person. No, that's the next chapter of Luke's gospel, chapter 18. That's the Pharisee's prayer. It can't be like that. It has to be, thank you, God, that you've given all of us this precious gift of new life in Christ. Maybe, if I remember that and keep my perspective on the sacred worth of all people, Maybe then we can recognize it together. And that, dear sisters and brothers, is at the heart of the gospel. Our gratitude for what God is doing in Jesus opens our eyes to see that there are no throwaway people, that Jesus came for all of us, no matter what. When you realize that you have been the fortunate recipient of this gift you didn't deserve, You can't help but live a generous life. That's the real test of your gratitude of whether you've actually heard the fullness of the gospel or not. (laughs) You're either grateful and you show it or, never mind the or, we're not going to do that here. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, may the people of God say, Amen.